0: Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am your host, Emily. I'm a Kentucky native, now Boston-based artist, researcher, spirituality and creativity teacher. And I find absolute delight in the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives full of meaning and expression. Sacred Adventure Begin features stories from business owners to artists, lawyers to singers, yogis to professors, and many (laughs) in-betweens to inspire you in connecting the threads, themes, and experiences of your own life. I know that it can sometimes feel unknowable, insurmountable, and perhaps some of us feel a bit vulnerable in our quests for the deeper truths and meanings in our lives. Power and awareness lie on the other side of these pursuits, and it is my hope that these stories and conversations become engaging tools to bridge those gaps that we all have between intellect and heart, between mundane and divine, between fantastical and practical. I'm so excited to have you here sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. This week is another special week because I have two interviews, or we have two interviews going out this week. There was this curious thing that happened while I was recording the relationship series, the sort of like mini series that we just had, uh, where I was talking about um, sacred pursuits, or I don't want to say religious pursuits, but um, businesses. And business relationships, and also like, you know, relationships that we choose, like maybe love matches, but also other relationships that we don't choose, like being sisters, and how that works out, like in the context of a spiritual uh, development or spiritual business. And as I was recording these, I also noticed that I had another pair. Of interviews that I felt went really, really well together. So I'm not necessarily going to talk about these as being part of the relationship series, because these two practitioners are not in a relationship or a business relationship. Um, but the themes that we talk about very much are similar. And it's so interesting between the two interviews, how they play out and how the, the topics get resolved. And I'm talking around something right now. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, this week, it, the, sort of subtext, major text of the week is religious trauma and recovering from some of the negative and one might say even abusive things that come out of specifically Christian religious traditions in the United States and how that can, and I'm being careful with my words now because I was raised Catholic and I I did also inherit a lot of the like messages of unworthiness and the ways that only men are allowed to like, quote unquote, speak for God or speak to God or whatever. Um, (laughs) but I also inherited beautiful concepts of the saints and a lot of like reverence and love for spirituality. And I, as I've learned other traditions also see that there are good and bad things in any organized religion. And so I'm, I'm, expanding to have patience for that. And that isn't necessarily what these discussions are about, but I am really excited to share both these practitioners' voices with you because of, again, the story of recovering from that and of really looking at your spirituality and deciding like, okay, so what is it that works for me and what feels healthy to me and what is beautiful and supportive as well as honest and true. And what are those really outside of the context of what I've been told they are? And how has what I've been told those things are maybe uh, a narrative that was given to me to control me? And it it becomes really interesting. And I, I know that you're going to enjoy hearing these interviews and again, like sort of listening for those themes across them as a pair. So the first interview that I have today is with Rebecca and I cannot wait to share her story and her voice with you. Before we get into that, I do want to include a, a bit of a, a trigger warning for you, um, or just a, like a heads up. We do talk about um, abuse and assault. And, um, and I know that that can be like difficult to listen to or difficult to receive. And so I want to give you the chance to opt out of listening to this episode. If that isn't something that you can hear right now or earmark the episode and come back to it later. Uh, but I did want to let you know that, that those are topics that we are going to discuss in this interview. So today I am talking to Rebecca, who is the host of the divine journey of self podcast. Rebecca is a conscious empath, a healer, an Akashic Records reader, and a channel for Divine Source. She has made it her mission to equip people to live into their own divine journey of self and to have their own connection with the divine. She works with lightworkers to help them identify their soul's mission through the Akashic Records and soul contracts that they incarnated to fulfill. She's the host of the Divine Journey of Self podcast and a mother of two rambunctious rays of sunshine. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into the interview with you because I know you have tons of questions about what all this means. (laughs) So here we go. Hey, everyone. I am so excited to have Rebecca Smith on the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast today. Rebecca, can you tell folks what, um, what your life's like? What do you do?
1: oh man so I hate putting labels on these things but hello (laughs) thank you I appreciate getting to have this opportunity um I'm so excited to be here um but I'm an Akashic Records reader um my guides have told me I'm a healer but I just you know we all have our aversions I I have an aversion to that label um (laughs) you could call me a psychic you could call me a medium you could call me all kinds of things you know and I can throw in a little thing but don't call me late for dinner right um (laughs) so you can throw a bunch of labels at me. Um, but ultimately I feel like I'm just, I'm,
0: I'm a light worker who's trying to get in the flow. So that's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, for everyone who's seeing this on Instagram, tell us where you are in the world.
1: So I'm an American that lives in Örebro, Sweden. Um, so that's like central Sweden. If you look at the map, you'll see Gothenburg will be on your right or the East side, uh, or sorry, so on the left side and Stockholm will be on the right-hand side. um, And we're right in the middle in between those two.
0: Awesome. So if you all want to hear more about Rebecca's amazing life and the work that she does, head over to gettingintoit.com backslash begin, or you can stream it on Apple, Google, Spotify, all your major streaming services. So we'll talk to you more soon. Welcome Rebecca Smith to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Emily. It is a true honor, for sure, for sure. Yes.
0: Well, why don't we get started with the first question I always ask everyone, which is, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do in the world?
1: So, uh, if we want to go into labels, which is one of my least favorite things, um, <laughs> you could you could call me an Akashic Records reader. Um, first and foremost, that's kind of you know, it's like my business side of things. Um, call myself a healer, a light worker, um, an energy worker, uh, whatever, whatever else you want to say, um, and and just don't call me late for dinner, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so perfect. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I have so many questions. Actually, I think you might be the first Akashic Record reader I've had on the podcast. Ooh, that's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I haven't like, I've been meaning to record an episode just about the Akashic Records. So mm. why don't we talk a little bit about that for some of the listeners who have maybe mm. um, never heard the term Akashic Records. Yeah. Um, What are the Akashic records? How do you read them? Where do you get your library card? The words.
1: (laughs) So, so first we'll, we'll kind of break down what is a Kasha or a Kosh, um, because, because really, I, you know, I am a, I am a teacher at heart. I, I spent a little while teaching in Los Angeles, um, and, Ooh, we're and talk about grew up that. being a, <laughs> a, being a preschool teacher and all kinds of other stuff. Um, so, so if we want to really get into kind of the, the, the more, concrete side of it or not, not concrete whatsoever, but (laughs) (laughs) the more, the more educational side of it, Akasha is what in the Vedas is talked about as the originating source, the original vibration, the original OM, the logos that started off the, the, the chain of events that created our universe. Right. And so because Akash is that thing, that vibrational fluid in which everything exists, basically, they, the, the Akashic records bill or the Akasha builds a tree of sorts, like an informational tree. And that is what is the Akashic record. So the Akashic record is a compendium of every thought, word, deed, intention, that you have ever experienced across all of your lifetimes and has been compiled in a quote unquote book. Um, but in my in my readings, I, I, I very, very rarely experience it as a book. <laughs> and, and when we say readings, um, what we're able to do is we are actually able to access your akashic record and consult it and be able to ask questions about the past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it's pretty wild. And tell me what you think. Did we get
0: did we get fairly on there? Oh <laughs> with my <our> god! Description? <laughs> I um I love that you started with where the term akasha um, or Akash, it comes out mm-hmm. of San- Sanskrit. Yeah. Um, yes. And cause I think a lot of people who do record readings just have like taken a course that mm-hmm. has been made recently, or they've read the Linda Howe book. And right. I, I know that they talk a little bit about the history in there, but the, the word itself, um, has also been translated just to mean the in-between, like, like mm-hmm. almost like mm-hmm. the, the way we think of dark matter. If, if you are in terms yeah. of like yeah, physics, but the idea that like everything, like you said, thoughts, intentions, words, deeds has a vibration and that that vibration is recorded it, or that we have access to that as a recording is, is such, I think like a profound, um, an interesting thought. Uh-huh. So, um, I have, I have so many directions that we could go with Akasha, but before before we go like all the way down the rabbit hole of Akasha record readings, can we just maybe talk a little bit about like why it might be beneficial for someone to like learn about something like that?
1: So for me personally, I feel like the Akashic record is, is amazing and beautiful, but it's a perspective, Mm. At the end of the day, it's a perspective that I'm able to achieve, I'm able to see things from a, a higher perspective, and even more of a whole perspective where I'm taking into account other people's experience also in a different way than maybe if I was just you know just just evaluating a situation on its on its own rather than taking it to the Akashic Record so so that in and of itself is really transformative because we as humans we are we're stubborn you know (laughs) like we see things a certain way and that's the only way that we want to see it And you know, I, I, record. So sorry for that. I'm
0: going to put my phone on mute now. I feel terrible. We're in modern society. (laughs) If phones go off, it's fine. I think mine just went off too. So beautiful. So sorry about that.
1: Um, so, so, and of course I lost my train of thought. Um, but ultimately it's a tool right and there are a million different tools that we have in our spiritual toolkit to be able to achieve those those different perspectives but this is the one tool for me personally where i'm able to get untainted results that give me that different perspective that i i am able to confirm that i'm not i'm not swaying the results if that makes sense
0: it does. And that's like a whole nother topic that I feel like <laughs> we, we should probably go into, but if, if we wanted to talk about it, like in a practical way, because I also do Akashic yeah. Record readings, but I sort of fold them into other practices and- mm-hmm. -hmm. Just so the listeners, like full disclosure, (laughs) just so the listeners know, um, Rebecca has given me an Akashic record reading that was super helpful Mm -hmm. to me. And so, if it's okay with you, Rebecca, can I tell people? Oh, absolutely! I'd love you to share as much as you'd like. (laughs)
1: Because of course, it's always great feedback for me too, because I'm always striving to be a better reader in that regard, also.
0: Yeah. Well, no, this isn't like critical feedback. This is like (laughs) this this is why. Akashic record readings can be helpful to people. And I've talked a lot on this podcast about my back injury and how that was the catalyst Mm -hmm. to me going down a spiritual path. And there was this, uh, like interesting relationship that I had with my body where I felt like my body just like, couldn't bring about all the things I had big ideas for. And so I always felt at odds with my body. And, um, I haven't felt that way in a long time, but I have recently had a little more, um, inflammation in my body. And when we were doing the records reading, you brought through um, a past life where I, like my body failed as I was trying to help other people. Um, mm. And, and in it, it, the, the way that you described it actually was so on par with nightmares I had when I was a little kid, like you described the exact recurring nightmare I had when I was a child. And so it was so like, it felt so like seminal, and profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to even bring it up and know about it really helped me to like dialogue with my body and like talk to the part of myself that mm-hmm. still was holding on to some of that like sense of betrayal uh, between mm-hmm. like what I want to do, what I want to bring about in the world and like my my physical ability to do or not do that thing. And so in, in uh, experiences like this, it's hard to like categorize them because when you go into somebody's records, right. Right. (laughs) Like you ask for healing or the healing messages that want to come through to come through. And of course the person can ask questions of their records too. Um, but that came through for me in in a, in a way we were talking about something else and that message came through. And I was like, this is so profound and profoundly helpful. Um, and so like for listeners to know, like that's, that's some of the types of information that like can come through and things things that can come forward for healing to help you like understand yourself better to help you Mm -hmm. grow in your life. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I've, I've had some really crazy things come through. Like I, and I think you've experienced this also where, where you've, you know, declared a pregnancy without (laughs) Oh, <laughs> realizing yeah. that that was going to happen. I've had that, you know, something similar, like things like that, or I've had, you know, information like, uh, you know, a loved one. I I had a gal who was struggling in her business and her mom came through and started to like basically scold her. And so in my <laughs> experience, so the, the records are really, they're going to address what you, what needs to be addressed. You know, that higher perspective may get you focusing on something else that you you didn't even realize was the most important thing right now.
0: And so that
1: that wisdom that comes through is one of those things that is just it it, is uncomparable.
0: I agree because it like I said, it folds in other things like mediumship, which is what you just described. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, which which I had no
1: idea was even a thing that I was I, didn't know I do could until do this. I until I started reading the records. I mean I, I had visitations, but I I had never experienced, you know, it on, on that level where somebody wanted to speak through me and speak to somebody else. Yep. And and activated all these these kind of you know giftings that I had no idea were available to me.
0: On that but, that's so cool that's actually the perfect point um to kind of pivot us into the first question I have for you which is like wow how'd you get going on this path? <laughs>
1: I was thinking about this earlier as I was, you know, kind of preparing to sit down. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So do I give her the two-hour version? Yes, I want the two-hour version. I, do I give her, you know, the syllabus and then the coursework afterwards? Like, what do we do on this one?
0: Why don't we... You know, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we kind of like break it down into, yeah. um, I guess, can you tell us a little bit like about your history, uh, how you became interested in spirituality and then, and then you can sort of pivot it into, um, how you came to know the records, Beautiful, beautiful. So,
1: my my life—you could say I probably lived about five or six lifetimes in this particular <laughs> lifetime because of the things that myself and my family has gone through. So, I grew up in an, in in very very strict Christian home. Um, was in church probably uh, anywhere from two to four times a week. Um, at that least. Is and so, and so, when we're talking when we're talking intensely Christian, I'm not just saying that we went to church. I'm saying that literally every single conversation was framed around Christ. that That was the basis of our home. so, so when when I talk about spirituality, that is my entire life. Um and so so I, I never really had an introduction to it. It was more just that was our home. Um, so in, let's see here. So this was 19, I was born in 83. I'm 38 years old. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I had a feeling that we were the same age. Um, I was about to make a comment that like every, I, I sensed that you were also in the micro generation between X and millennial. Uh And like uh I, I know they call us zennials, but I feel like everyone I know who was born in this time frame like missed the boat on the like secure. This is like your, your, um, life within the system. <laughs> but we also aren't like the millennials where we just started off the bat, just being like, what do I love? I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to change the world. We had to like go through a bunch of shit and now we're changing the world.
1: <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Oh my gosh. me. Yes. So, sorry, I interrupted you. No, right, you're so. gorgeous. You're gorgeous. So, <laughs> um, so we lived in Colorado, moved, moved around quite a bit. My parents had sailboats. My parents had RVs and motorcycles as children. So they were very adventurous people on top of being Christians, which kind of led to a lot of missionary style situations where we were constantly trying to quote unquote, save other mm-hmm. people.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so that was a really interesting experience. We boycotted abortion, clinics, you know, like we did really intense things that as I look back now, um, we're, we're, you know, and I love my parents. I love my family. I don't think they'll ever hear this. Um, but you know, it was quite, it was abusive Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's taken me a very long time to move through all of that stuff. So I digress. Uh, 10 years old my dad was working for martin marietta there in colorado and he was given the opportunity to either take another transfer and go live in new jersey or take early retirement so he decided in 1994 when i was 10 years old to to sell everything and move on to a sailboat all right (laughs) so that's exactly what they did um uh he he heard this message from God. We auctioned everything and moved. So we moved from Colorado to the floor to Florida. Found a boat there and ended up living on the boat for about five years. Um, my brother, who is four years older than myself, only lived on the boat with us for about three years, um, just because you know, like I said, I love my parents, but my dad was very abusive. He had his own kind of junk from his childhood that carried over a lot. And my brother ended up having to leave off of the boat because of the abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And all in all, you know, that entire experience of living on the boat and there's many nested experiences within there that I don't need to go into um 5 years of you know 10 to 15 on a boat that experience was was you know it was very different very 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 <laughs> It different. is very
0: different. I I imagine also I'm really glad that you talked about like what things were like earlier because I think that it gives people hope to know that like maybe the people that they see like picketing at the abortion clinics or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. yelling judgmental things or mm-hmm. quote-unquote trying to save people um change in their adulthood and yeah they, yeah and and may have moments where they go, oh, okay, this, you know, I did this because I, I was told to because I was a child. Right. It wasn't right. it wasn't my decision. Right. Um, yeah. But that there's and, and now I have I have a different perspective. I imagine <laughs> a more, so.
1: A more healthy perspective, <laughs> uh, you know. And 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 and, and I was going to go on to say, in in that process of living on a boat, being quote unquote missionaries and what have you, we didn't have one single convert. Mm. And that, you know, that really that that messed with me Mm -hmm. because it was this like this weird dichotomy of like we're going to use this excuse of moving on to the boat as this like godly, amazing thing. But then at the same time, we're not going to put the effort into doing the thing that we said that we came to do. So there was just a lot of duplicity within that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so fast forward, we moved off the boat, um, moved from Florida to Arizona where my parents live, or my, my mom lives now. My dad has, has passed about a year and a half ago. Um, so we moved there in 2000. Um, at that time I had uh, dropped out of high school because you could in Florida. hmm and had started college instead when I was 16, um, was able to test into some courses and 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 went that route. But then once we moved to Arizona, we discovered, oh, lo and behold, Rebecca, Rebecca, it's not allowed to do that here because the laws are different. You're, you have to be in school until you're 18. So mm. we started looking at all of these different alternative schools in uh, Arizona there because of being homeschooled and what have you on the boat. I wasn't able to get the credits to apply to a regular school and all this kind of craziness. Um, So I ended up in an amazing alternative school that would have been fantastic had I not kind of been in, in, in the state that I was of, you know, my parents moving me so much, not really having any friends and really just not having a typical upbringing experience mm-hmm. and 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 what that yep. translates to all that atypical yes. as, <laughs> as, as, as a teenager, you know, you're already people pleaser and peer pressure and all those good things along with it. Then you throw in the fact of you know the duplicitousness of my parents and all this stuff. So whatever. I fell in with a not so great crowd um and started using using drugs and not really thinking anything of it. Um fast forward a couple years later, bad relationships, things like that. And I ended up, I I, I was addicted to meth. Um holy moly. So
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> you so have lived a thousand <laughs> lives. You're like a cat.
1: <laughs> I am, I am, I swear. So um I finally I finally give up and you know, I really I really only used meth for about six months. Um, mm-hmm. But it was enough that at that time I, I was wearing a girl I literally was wearing a girl size twelve clothing, and weighed about eighty three pounds. Oh my god! Um, and, and, and 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 I'm I'm very lucky. I am so lucky there are so many near near misses with authorities with, you know, people who ended up wrapping their car around a tree the next night mm-hmm. after spending time with me, you know the day before, and all kinds of stuff like that. So I was divinely protected within all of that in and of itself. Um so when I was done with all of that, uh, I went to the Dream Center, which is a a church, um, an outreach church in Los Angeles. So they have about 200 ministries where they feed the homeless, uh, they clothe people, they do uh, they they do a bus ministry where they bring kids from you know inner city into the church. They just they do if you're going to give me a church that is actually doing what I believe is God's work, it's that church. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I was there, their program, which this is amazing. They have an absolutely free one year or two year program that you can t- participate in there. Um, so that's what I did. I spent a year there. Um... Was that like a rehab program? It, it was a it was a drug rehab program, but it's called a discipleship program. So what yes. that means is that you're in a work-study program. So you study part of the day and then you help clean buildings or do work projects or things like that around the
0: campus. Oh, my gosh. I have – I'm, I'm going to, like, not pause you, but I want to, like, talk about this for a second because I think that um, – that one of the like most profoundly healing things about like, at least my spiritual practice, and I know a lot of people's spiritual practice, um, is the combination of knowing your own worth and value and self-love. And also then like knowing your purpose and feeling like you are, you know, you have purpose. And I feel like a lot of rehab centers do a really good job when they give, they give you that spirituality without also like all of the judgment and the right. shit that can sometimes right. go along with it. And so mm-hmm. it's so beautiful that you like found this program and that Which, it was having, yeah.
1: You know, like I, I, I vacillate because I, I experienced, you know, some things that were not so great. Mm-hmm. um I, I i have to admit but at the same time like ultimately at at the very 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 end of the day the universe the divine god whatever label you want to throw on it was orchestrating every single experience that i went through in that program in order to help me later on um and so yeah. and so even if maybe at those times that i i I took on, say, a, a judgmental attitude mm-hmm. and, you know, what have you, that only helped me learn more in the long run anyways. And it's so funny because during my, during my, my readings, I always say to my clients, like, even if a negative entity were to come through, like that would be for our best result anyhow, <laughs> because, yes. yeah. because we're going to have to learn how to overcome it or deal with it or, or, or whatever, like. We, and in some way, shape, or form, we're gonna get through this. So yes, we can pray for or, or ask in and intend the highest and best, but at the end of the day, whatever happens is going to be for the highest and best anyhow. Yes. So so so, anyways, um That's so like spent
0: go ahead a very tantric uh like non-dual kind of thing that you just said <laughs>
1: uh, and it's it, it, yeah. so it's so difficult it's it's such a difficult thing because I say those things that by by no means does that mean that I don't deal with anxiety or or difficulties or what have you like that mm-hmm. doesn't just because I had that necessarily like kind of tucked in the back of my brain does not mean that I've got it figured out whatsoever um I think I said that on my very first episode of the podcast and and there are times that I kind of regret it but at the same time I want to say it to encourage anybody who's out there going I don't know what to do I don't have this figured out everybody else does and I and I just want to go nobody truly has it completely figured out things are always changing exactly (laughs) exactly exactly well and we don't we don't fully understand the 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 immensity of this this world that we live li- living in the first place you know like yeah. the string theory's gone up to what like 14 dimensions or something to that effect now <laughs> right like we have no clue
0: <laughs> I just gave a talk about that to my mystical spiritual magical community and I was oh, like I love it yeah here are the dimensions as these people say but I feel like every day somebody's like look mm-hmm. a new dimension right Like, right. no absolutely <laughs> exactly exactly so just when you think you've got
1: it figured out they're going to change the game up on you anyway so, <laughs> so better not even try uh, I mean to a certain extent yeah. But anyways, so I stayed there I was there for for a year. Um and I was very dedicated. Um so so their program consists of memorizing about 400 scriptures, reading books, reading through the Bible one time. I ended up because I'm I'm such an overachiever, I decided, okay, I'm gonna read through the Bible three times a year and I'm going to add on like mm-hmm. all these other books on top of the coursework that we already have for our stuff. so so I was I was very serious, I was very dedicated. I did not allow anything to distract me from that particular year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to tap into my pineal gland without literally anyone telling me (laughs) Um, it was the most wild experience of just like laying in bed before I'm falling asleep and literally like knowing how to manipulate my head in order to activate my pineal gland which was not taught to me whatsoever so I genuinely believe that came from a life uh, a previous lifetime Atlantean or what have you I don't Mm -hmm. know so I started hearing more and more messages um, from the divine and got a message that I was supposed to move back to Arizona and go do this other program and all this other kind of stuff. So I went back to my parents and was like, hey, you know, like I got this message from God that I believe is true and I should move back. And, and they said to me, well, we didn't hear anything from God. Mm-hmm. Um And that, you know, that really shot me through in that Mm -hmm. moment of just being like, oh my gosh, like I just spent a year, (laughs) like I know people who do, you know, a 30 day program and expect to have the world handed to them. You know, I just spent a year and you won't let me move home. Like it, it really, it messed with me, but in that moment I made a decision of, you know, like if I can't handle this, no, then I haven't actually changed. Mm Mm-hmm. So I went back to the Dream Center and applied for their second year program, which is where you can basically live on the campus. You still work on the campus, but you have the ability to come and go as you please. It's kind of like a, you know, like a midway point for people who are wanting a little bit of extra support after their first year of getting off of, you know, illicit drugs. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. And you can either work with the discipleship program and continue to work with other, you know addicts and what have you um, or you can go and work for the actual dream center where you can go and work in their marketing department where they call people for donations or you can you can work in the office or you know what have you it's, it's a massive massive church it's a mega church um, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely wild how big they are um, so I, I applied and said, okay, you know, like, I'll just let them place me wherever they're going to place me as long as they don't please place me in the teen department, anything, but the teen department, mm-hmm. please don't put <laughs> me in the teen department. Well, you want to guess where they placed me? <laughs> <laughs> I already know. <laughs> you already know what they placed me in the teen department. Uh. So I ended up working in their school because they had a recovery home for teens also, And they needed to be able to uh, have a school for the for the high school students. So they designed a school around uh, computers and then discovered that there was a need for, you know, an alternative school in the neighborhood. And they started to open the, the high school to the neighborhood kids. And so that was the classroom that I got placed in. So if you want to kind of translate what that means on a day-to-day basis, you've got 30 students coming from all over Los Angeles. Well, what is all over Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have fighting gangs so you know I could have kids in my class and have to literally create my seating charts according to what gangs were fighting with what during that time my first two weeks of training before they even let you into the classroom they teach you how to restrain a child without actually touching them um, how to break up fights, how to, how to keep yourself calm while these kids know exactly what to say to get at you. They know what button to push. They, they are, they're, they're intense. They're intense kids. They're, you know, they're going back into war zones basically every single day. Right. Yep. So, This experience was huge for me. Um, This became my biggest proving ground of figuring out what I was made of, truly. Um, And so in that time, I knew that I needed to deal with um, some sexual trauma that I had incurred as a child. And so I did that at the same time.
0: I <laughs> was like, teaching. I'm just going to do everything.
1: <laughs>
0: As I'm teaching
1: during the day, I decided to to tackle this thing and I did them in tandem. And it was really amazing because I developed this conversational relationship with the divine where I would journal and have conversations with God and ended up receiving visions about my sexual trauma about all kinds of other things um in my world and then ultimately i received a vision um for a friend that basically showed me a demon that had been living in her home um her entire upbringing and um it, it, it was, it was absolutely wild. It completely, it turned my world on its head. I, it was a completely unprompted. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't, you know, anything like that. Just all of a sudden I'm standing in front of a mirror, putting my makeup on and everything goes white as a sheet. And I got, gar- and I get to start seeing this scene played out in front of me. Um, and ultimately, um, after kind of all of these different things kind of played together and I don't need to go into that full story. um, The, the vision was for me. The vision wasn't for this friend of mine. Mm -hmm. It was to help me to understand that the divine is always speaking about the things so that we can grow and understand in the end. And so this, this vision that i received was really just to help me understand that i i didn't need to i didn't need to beat myself up because the relationship that i wanted to have with this friend of mine just wasn't wasn't appearing
0: so while i have you here
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know and i
0: could i could tell stories for days <laughs> i know i know well i also grew up um, i grew up catholic so in the mm-hmm. in the christian t- tradition and I, like, generally speaking, seeing things or being psychic or having an active pineal gland isn't mm-hmm. necessarily something that most people find acceptable. Although there are a lot- Not of, at all. Yeah. There are <laughs> lots of, like, instances in the Bible where people are given prophetic dreams or mm-hmm. when, like, you mm-hmm. ask for a sign, like a burning bush, and it, like, mm-hmm. appears to you. And so it's, like, mm-hmm. very clear in the Bible that God is speaking to us. <laughs> Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, and it's very interesting because there are, I I attended Bible college in in some of those mysterious years in in Arizona Arizona there. Um, And Ed... It depends on what what school of thought you follow as to whether or not, as a Christian, you believe whether or not God still speaks and whether or not God still speaks to the individual.
0: Oh. Unfortunately,
1: I got hooked up with a with a guy whose name is John Eldridge. Um, a lot of people call him a Christian mystic, uh-huh. um, but he. Uh, He wrote a book called Walking with God that I ended up reading that was one of one of the most formative, uh, formative books around my process of being able to to be in that space of, of being okay with that conversation. Because in in all of my travels, any time that somebody is having an issue receiving a message from the divine, it's because of a religious belief
0: yep. behind it. Yeah, There's so much judgment to unpack. Like for people, sorry, I'm I'm about to let no. No for people who are listening now thinking like oh my god like you know i've maybe suppressed this or i've experienced this but haven't been able to talk about it or haven't been able to share about it like how did you break through that like how how are oh. you how are you validating yourself during this time because i think that that's like a like you just said you notice that people have blocks based on um judgments and mm-hmm. we could go for days on judgments yeah. about like I, I was taught a lot of like, uh, humans aren't worthy and God is the only thing that's perfect and yada, uh-huh. yada, not uh-huh. to mention, uh-huh. no mention of the fact that like you as a soul are part of God. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> like, none whatsoever. <laughs> or even what our soul consists of. Yes. Right.
1: Is, yeah. Like, it's none like, of that nitty gritty stuff of understanding, like, like how do we even get the theology of a quote unquote triune God? Yeah. within christianity because really like as somebody who has scoured the scriptures as somebody like that doesn't necessarily fit what i've read yeah so So you have this beautiful
0: perspective how did you get through this
1: so (laughs) so what was really interesting and, and part of the story that i didn't fully share was that okay so i got this vision i see this entity um attacking my uh, my friend um I see myself coming running up to my friend and the demon runs away and and when I say demon I mean demon I know that that has some negative connotations um but whatever label you want to throw on it sorry in 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 my perspective they exist there there are evil things in the world and it's our choice every single day as to whether or not you know we want to give in to those things every single one of us has that choice so I digress um <laughs> um so I see this demon run away I come over trying to you know compress her wounds their wounds sorry um and sh- they tell me can I cuss I think I could cuss on your <laughs>
0: yeah you can uh, there's <laughs> on, an explicit warning yeah <laughs> beautiful
1: so you no know, they sh- they say get get the fuck away from me and basically you know they they didn't want to fight off the demon but they want to fight off me right so that yeah. you know that was that was the message <laughs> kind of in that moment that I got and then it goes it, it and then it goes back to nothing and so in the in that moment i'm just like what the heck was that i don't why did i need to see that what was that about that was absolutely wild okay mm-hmm. do i talk to this person about it and i never really felt like i was supposed to so fast forward about 2 to 3 months later and we're sitting in their office watching a movie together. The movie finishes up, and they bump their Bible. Out of their Bible comes sailing this drawing. <laughs> it, it, it flies to my feet. I reach down. I pick it up, and I about fell out my chair. <sighs> and it is literally... Angle for angle, piece for piece, for exact copy of what I saw in my vision, and I and I and I start my hands start shaking, and I look at them and I go, "What what is this?" Uh huh. And and they respond to me and say, "Oh well, that's what lives in my grandmother's house." <sighs> so, I. I freak out. I like yes. rush out of the <laughs> rush out of the office. Go into the bathroom. I'm like hyperventilating, like my head between my knees, just like freaking out. Like, what the fuck does this mean? What? How, how did I see that? How did I know? Like, this is just absolutely wild. And I. Just
0: lost your my, oh shit! Yeah, it's your just, oh shit. It's real moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it was massive. Yeah. So my friend comes in and I and I share with them and I you know I'm just like trying to explain it and and you know they share with me that there was a lot of sexual abuse that happened in uh-huh. in her family as a as a as a child, you know, child sexual abuse, infant sexual abuse, just really really intense stuff. Um, And whether or not I, I can't categorically say whether or not that experience helped them. I, I honestly don't know. I don't have as much contact as I would like with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, that was such a huge confirmation, not something that I asked for, not something that, you know, like I would have even necessarily signed up for had I know that it was something to sign up for, mm-hmm. you know, like, but it just showed up for me. And so, you know, in, in, as the years have gone past and my story has has you know moved along I ended up meeting a Swede and um moving to los moving from Los Angeles to to Sweden and let's see here that was 2008 um And and all of the different things that happened in between there continued to confirm to me that I had this connection Mm -hmm. where like I'd see our apartment before we would actually find it Mm -hmm. and then would be able to like confirm that that was what (laughs) I had seen and knew that this was where we supposed to move or a vehicle or I knew that I knew the sexes of my children before they told me, you know, like I knew their names with with without even a question as to whether or not we never even like went through baby books or anything. It was just their names are Gloria and Gabriel and that's it. Um, which, which funnily enough, um Gloria means halo in <laughs> Swedish, um, which I had no idea. Um, you know, Gabriel's an archangel. So you know, there there's just always been these these things. So then um, if, if, I, if I'm allowed to continue on the story, um, yeah. <laughs> so then so continue to fast forward, we had a very, <laughs> very toxic relationship, this, this my ex-husband and, and myself, um, and, and it was bad. It was really, really bad because there was kind of this dichotomy of spiritual abuse that I, I, I was kind of like this fun little crystal ball that could be played with. Mm -hmm. when when it was convenient but then you know like if I had something divine to say about say the relationship that my ex had with his family you know then that wasn't that wasn't okay and then you throw in you know there was some physical abuse and and emotional abuse and all kinds of other stuff so it was just bad I basically ended up repeating my my parents marriage um but I I can say that the redemption in that time was simply that fortunately, because I went and kind of, kind of got my act together. I chose somebody who wasn't a drinker, who wasn't a smoker, who didn't cuss and all of these things. And so fortunately, you know, on, on one aspect of that, you know, that looks really appealing, but then on the other side of it, you know, there was a lot of judgment that came along because of my past, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, like that.
0: I think people who live those really restrictive kind of lives, that's like a red flag for me that that person really likes control. Uh huh. Like they like uh-huh. it a lot. Uh-huh. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of like, (laughs) with like somebody's going on and on about like, oh, no cussing and no drinking and no and no and no and no and no. Like it's like a whole like litany of like, okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. Like you Mm -hmm. like control, got it.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly, and it's so funny because of the because of the environment that I was in, being at the Dream Center. All of those particular, you know, attributes about somebody or characteristics about somebody were what makes them good. You know. Absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. adored or worshipped or what have you. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many we we broke up every other week while we were dating because our relationship was so bad. And so many people told me to stay with him within the church, despite how many problems we had. Lord. Um and 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 there's that that dichotomy also of like I meeting him, I really felt like God was telling me that this, this person had my heart is what I heard. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 10, 15 years later, now I can look back and go, well, maybe in that moment I should have gone, you know, maybe the divine should have my heart. Maybe I should have my heart. Oh, I love that. (laughs) You know, like maybe this (laughs) other person doesn't need my heart, but in that moment as a young female desiring nothing more than to get married. Yep because that's such a deified thing within, within Christian communities. Like there's nothing (laughs) better than finding a good man and being a stay at home mom. Right. Yep. Um, which God bless them. I I think that is highly amiable. Like if that's your lifestyle, that's amazing. God bless you. But that, that was not the route that I could go, (laughs) um, you know, and so, so looking back at it now, I, had to go through that situation. I had to go through that toxicity and that bad stuff to know that in the Mm -hmm. end, the only thing that got me through that entire time of, of being married to this person of, of, you know, we moved back to America. I went to cosmetology school and I ended up losing my father. Like I said, about a year and a half ago, Um, nothing else got me through that time, except for that conversational relationship with the divine. Mm. And, and, that, and if there's nothing else that I can give people, period, even in just being in a, relate, in a, in a friendship with me or, or whatever, a client, uh, you know, anything is that you, somebody is able to see that it doesn't matter what comes. If I am in touch with my divine self, mm. that's what's going to get me through It's not going to be the material things. Those are awesome. Those are fantastic. Those are wonderful, right? But that's not what's going to get me through. My relationship with my divine self is what is going to get me through. And, and... You know, I there's so many like like I said before, there's so many nested stories. I have so many different things, so many different stories that I could tell about our time on the boat and getting to see hurricanes turn four hours before they were supposed to to hit our boat and you know, things like that where, where it felt like the divine showed up for us massively. Yeah. Right. I can tell you all of those amazing stories, but at the end of the day, like if I'm not able to give people a way to get in touch with their own divine self, then it's just hot air. It's all like, to me, it's just all pointless because I want to be able to help equip other people to turn their own light on.
0: I love that so much. And I think like one of the important things or like themes that I'm hearing, like you talk about is this idea that it's like uh, that, that the messages are like constantly evolving and that the connection is Mm -hmm. something that is like sustained and nourished over like a whole lifetime, no matter what's happening in the lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other really cool thing that I hear you saying is that like dichotomy between like it really comes down, I almost feel like to control. So it sounds like like Uh earlier you experienced um, like the idea of God or the idea of the connection with God being used to exert control or to make decisions uh, that have, that affected lots of people. And like now you've, as you've developed it on your own, you've like come to the realization that it's like, it shouldn't be used as that. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's it's a, it's a co-creatorship.
1: Yeah. You know, I, before, before we started recording, I was sharing with you that, you know, I, I have now met a, an amazing man who takes amazing care of me, amazing care of my children, all of these things. And my guides have been, and we recently got remarried or married. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you got remarried. And I got remarried. He got married, whatever. Um, <laughs> and my guides have been letting me know that I should change my last name to his last name, to Daphne. And, You know, I agree with them (laughs) to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, like it's my choice. Yes. It's my choice. Like I I, it it's my choice. Full stop. Yep. Like I don't get to blame (laughs) my choices on my guides. I don't get to blame my choices on God. I don't, I don't get to make that as an excuse to somehow create pain in somebody else's life but but be able to brush it off and say well god told me to so it doesn't matter like that's abusive (laughs) yeah
0: or like it yeah i don't care how you feel this is what i've been told to do so we're all doing it like right exactly Exactly. And that, I mean, that was my entire childhood. My
1: father, one of my father's favorite saying was, was, you know, it's not a democracy. You don't get a vote. So, <laughs> oh, I heard that one too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. I'm glad I wasn't the oldy one.
0: <laughs> but it was like used capitalistically, like I'm paying for all of this. So I get to choose. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 No, I so, you know, was just like, point Blake, you have issues. no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I like <sighs> I guess the other kind of question, because I know like we're 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 approaching the hour mark and right. this is such an incredible story. And I I really want to come back to this because I really do feel like there are a lot of people out there who either grew up in Christianity um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh who have experienced like trauma from Christianity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I just I like really want to touch back on this, like how did you get okay with like starting to develop this relationship? You mentioned a book specifically, but it also, you know, I'd have to say it's, it's really, it's
1: time. Mm -hmm. It's been time of, well, and then in tandem with this new amazing man that I am now married to, um, he comes from a Christian upbringing also, um, but has supported me in every single way of diving down the rabbit hole of consciousness of exploring mediumship of, you know, looking Mm -hmm. into aliens and extraterrestrial life (laughs) and, you know, all of these different things. And he has not once ever said a negative thing that like, I'm, I've gone too far or, you know, like I'm, I'm crazy or I'm losing my mind or that's evil or demonic or, you know, which would be a typical experience right for most people dealing with something like that. Um, and so having that support of just one person Mm -hmm. that supported me in spite of their beliefs, because you know, funny, we're we're funny creatures. We can get tons of support from people who believe in that thing and not Mm -hmm. (laughs) necessarily receive any of that support. Right. You know, like, yep. You can have people give you the confirmation of, yes, you're doing a good thing, but if it doesn't come from the right source, then we're not going to pay attention to the message.
0: Unfortunately. I know, but that's so interesting because I also spend a lot of time telling clients that actually that source is you. Mm. And that you have to mm-hmm. like, you have to generate the feeling from within and then you, you decide what's enough. And like, exactly. yeah, like you decided that you wanted that from a love relationship and you got it and now it feels great. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I firmly, I firmly believe because in my relationship with my ex-husband, as wild as it sounds, our, our almost constant issue was me just saying like, be kind. Like literally, those were my words that that was the biggest issue, and then him saying that that he was, and 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 digressing from there, unfortunately. And I, I firmly believe that me speaking those words to the universe of like needing a partner that is kind is what helped manifest this man into my life eventually you know like we we can truly ask for what we need we just may not necessarily realize how we're
0: asking for it in our day-to-day yeah yeah I love that I love that so much oh okay (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I never I never really got to to how I got turned on to Akashic Records reading. But, I know, but my lo- God! Tell me really long, quick. Long in, long <laughs> in the short of it. Long in the short of it of watching Gaia. I got really into Gaia. Watched a ton of stuff. You know, learned lots about ayahuasca and pyramids and like all this other kind of stuff. Um, and then started listening to podcasts. Got turned on to the Positive Head podcast. Ooh, I don't know about um, this one, which I think is really. really really fantastic. They are a daily podcast. He puts out just amazing content. They have a retreat center in Venice Beach, California. That is epic. Um, so they have a daily podcast, like I said, and eventually they ended up having Ashley Wood on as a, uh, As a guest, and when she started talking about the line that Mm -hmm. the line was a direct connection with your higher self, and that you've been receiving messages from your higher self your entire life, yada yada, um, that really resonated very strongly with me because I I don't I I I think I had been listening to the podcast for maybe three or four months almost on a daily basis and had never actually been tuned turned on to another podcast in that time. Mm -hmm. So I started to listen to her podcast just resonated massively with a lot of her messages a lot of her day-to-day experiences I even felt like I was having those same exact spiritual experiences in my own personal life Um, the channeling that she was able to bring through many times directly applied to something very specific in my life and that was just huge for me because she does a monthly a monthly uh message uh yeah a, a teaching or whatever she calls it lesson from the records where she channels for a little while and those were just so dynamic for me um and there and she kept on having the ad about about the Akashic records reading course and i was so excited but i would never invested in myself in that way and fortunately my amazing uh, he, we were we weren't married yet at that time that was last christmas um he ended up buying me the course um And I took it, and then discovered that I had already been like channeling and talking to the divine. I was going to say like I feel like you didn't even need it. I didn't need it at all. Like I got it, and and I and and I needed it in the sense that I needed the prayer. I needed the prayer, and I needed the investment in my in myself to know that that was you know that I was worth that. But at the end of the day. Yes, there was a shift. Like when you open the prayer or you open you open the records or say the prayer, I could feel the physical shift. Uh-huh. but the experience of the communication was really no different um and then and then I started to do it started doing uh client readings about four months after I took the course and I mean like I said before some of the information that came through has just been absolutely wild we've had I've had clients be able to find themselves in past lives and be able to get pictures and all kinds of things like that Um, I've had stuff where, you know, like I said before, uh, guessing that somebody's pregnant, but I had this situation where another healer had, had guessed what the sex was. And I said, well, don't tell me, let me, let me tap in for a second and see what I feel. And I, and I told the, the client I said, well, you can get back to me and let me know who's right, because we were saying the opposite. Um, <laughs> so about two weeks later, they messaged me back, and they were like, oh my gosh, we can't You're believe right. it. You're right. And I mean, it's a 50-50 chance, so really, <laughs> you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't that big of a you know pick. We weren't, we weren't picking lottery numbers or anything at that point. So so, you know, we've had, I've had some amazing things come through light language come through, which, which light language and speaking in tongues is very similar. And I was, I've always had this like huge aversion to speaking in tongues, but uh-huh. then like light language comes through and like the healing that I've been able to receive through my own body because of it has been massive. So yeah, it's, it's been an amazing ride with the Akashic records for sure.
0: Oh my god! It's been like your whole life is an amazing ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's been wild. It's I feel like wild. I've been on an amazing ride listening to you talk about it. <laughs> it's been wild, and I'm sure I forgot 11 billion different things in there too. So <laughs> no, you're fine. I do want to like touch down on this too. So you you actually said so you got a master's in divinity. Uh, no, I did not get a master's
1: in divinity. I wish that I had. I ended up leaving that um, that college because I found out that girls who took the exact same courses that guys took would mm-hmm. not be ordained. hmm but the men would be ordained and would be able to work at any, I'm not going to name the, the denomination that it was, but it was a very large, very, very large denomination. And so the guys could go and work at any of the churches attached oh. to that denomination, but the girls uh-huh. weren't, like they because they weren't allowed to be ordained. And so I ended up leaving
0: and... Yeah. Oh, so, oh the politics unfortunately I did not finish it but yeah who gets to share their connection and who gets to share their story uh-huh. is so mm-hmm. it's so political mm-hmm. within Christianity it, it's 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 huge it it's makes me really angry really sometimes. huge it
1: Which makes is, me very angry
0: <laughs> I think I think it's beautiful though that you have this like background too so like if people are booking with you they know that that you also have like like, believe very firmly similar beliefs to them and stuff. And so that you're not gonna be like, I I I feel like some people won't book like certain things because they're afraid that somebody's gonna be like, God's not real. <laughs> right, right. Or they're they're gonna end up having
1: to confront something that they're not prepared to, right? Yeah. They're 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 afraid of something behind the veil. And 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 let me just speak to that, that we're the power (laughs) we hold all the power we whatever happens you know behind the veil or you know experiences in the middle of the night or what have you if you're got stuff going on around in your house or you know you're somewhere where weird things are happening let me just remind you that you have the power
0: (laughs) yeah well and that's like the revolutionary thing i guess about like the akashic records is that it's that recognition of of everyone's like connection with their own divinity and everyone's exactly. access to that. So you don't exactly. have to wait for some ordained person to show up and mm-hmm. be like, beep, boop, bop, boop, bop. This is what God Great. says. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also you don't have to deal with somebody saying, this is what God says. So this is the rule. And I made the rule and mm-hmm. you have to follow it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, the Akashic records aren't about like, taking power from you they're about giving power to you exactly exactly well and and
1: and I'll and I'll touch just a a little bit just because we're kind of on that vein a couple weeks ago I received a somewhat negative uh, message from my guides and it put me in a massive tailspin just a really really big tailspin and I didn't know what to do with it. And I kept on bringing the message back to my guides and going, what does this mean? Like, I don't (laughs) understand. This is really bad. Like, why are you saying this? And now as time has passed and that particular occurrence has passed behind me, that particular quote unquote negative message that I received has become this like huge bastion of hope for me on the other side of things. So whatever you're receiving, try if you're somebody who's just just tapping in. Don't don't negate what you may be able to learn from that message. However negative or 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 startling something may be. Once you're on the other side of it, you may be able to receive some sort of just huge revelation. So, so don't be afraid of the messages that come through because sometimes things can come through that are, that are intense. I I mean, I don't know if you've had any of that in your experience, Emily, Um, but it can, it can become something really beautiful. So, so don't, don't be afraid. (laughs) Yeah. My
0: other uh, little imploring. (laughs) I love that so much. Well, oh my God. (laughs) We (laughs) talked about so many things. We did. And there's like so many things that we could probably keep talking about. So I'll have to have you on again. I love that. I love that. But for now, can you tell folks how they could potentially get in touch with you or book a reading with you or like, yeah. listen to your
1: message? <laughs> yeah. So my podcast um, is called The Divine Journey of Self podcast. It's available pretty much everywhere I believe I'm sure there's some obscure platform that I'm not uploaded to Um, I've taken a little bit of a sabbatical there but there's quite a few episodes so people can go and binge there if they'd like to Um, but I also have an Instagram once again taking a little sabbatical over there for just a couple weeks over the holidays Um, but that is at divine underscore journey underscore of underscore self Um, and then my website is also www www.divinejourneyofself.com. Um, very simple, very straightforward. Um, and you can book a session with me there on my website. Um, you can even listen to podcast episodes there also. And hopefully in the next couple months, we'll be looking at some courses there also. So super exciting.
0: Yay. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. The um, recovering Catholic in me is like do a course on <laughs> right no absolutely <laughs> on judgments absolutely. to let go of uh-huh. so that you can connect uh-huh. to God <laughs> no
1: absolutely and that's uh, those are that's one of those um, and I kind of got prompted because I had your lovely gorgeous face on my podcast um, a while <laughs> back and one of one of my things that's going to be upcoming is going to be ethics and spirituality or Aww, huge. I think I came up with a really cool name the other day and I can't remember what it was but that is one of that's going to be one of those things and, and I think really what's awesome about that is being able to have ethics as our anchor and not judgment
0: yep oh
1: I love yeah. that well thank you so much for being here of course thank you for having me this is awesome I look forward to all the other amazing things upcoming for both of us
0: yay All right, listeners, if you enjoyed listening to Rebecca, you can find all of her links in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Rebecca. She is such an inspiration and someone who I see as being so genuine and kind and completely, completely, completely in tune. I'll tell you that I also had a reading with her That was an Akashic Records reading um, that was so helpful and completely what I needed to hear at the moment. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, again, I'll remind you that the Akashic Records are where we tune into our souls knowing and the full history, including the future of our soul. And we can ask um, the the records themselves or those who are here to guide and be with us that exist in the records for information to help us like move forward in our healing processes and in, in our div- divinity, in, in our divine path. And it was really beautiful because during the reading, she actually tuned into a recurring record- dream that I had. Um, and it it was so like... Boom, it answered so many questions for me because she had told me about a past life. and I had had like the situation that occurred in the past life. And I had had a recurring dream of that since I was a kid. And it was so interesting then to tie the full story of that into what I am doing now and to understand myself um, at an even greater level because of it. And it was also very affirming for me and also her. Uh, when that came through and it was so specific. <laughs> I will tell you a little bit about it, but I used to have this recurring dream, which I know is a uh, recurring dream for many people of being stuck in the mud and like trying to run in mud. And I, in the dream and also in the reading, so cool, I, I was actually trying to help people across mud while the ground was sinking around us. And uh, in the past life. (laughs) But that was always what happened in the dream. That's so specific, right? Like I understand people have dreams where, you know, they're sinking in quicksand or whatever, um, but, or they're trying to run and their feet are like molasses and they're trying to get away from somebody. I get that that's a a dream that happens for a lot of people, but not this specifically. And when I was little, I used to dream it like Mario, you know, like, so I would die in the dream. (laughs) And then I pop back up onto the screen in, you know, into the dream in that exact same situation and do it again and again and again and again. And it was so interesting, again, again, uh, when we did the reading together, talking about like what that meant for me in terms of like how I reach out and try to serve other people and how I can release myself from any pressure or time deadlines now in this life over that and to release that sense of urgency and to take this sort of like pressure off myself over that. And it was so healing and so lovely and beautiful. And I wanted to share that with you, listener, so that you kind of have an idea of what happens um, when we tap into the records and what sort of like wisdom comes through. But also, I'm sharing it here too because I was just so thankful to be given that information by Rebecca. So, again, you can find all of the things in the show notes. And I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. If you feel inspired by the conversations you were part of today, please consider joining us on patreon.com backslash getting into it with Emily and supporting the sacred adventure begin podcast. Membership and support starts at $2 a month and gives you access to teachings, episodes before they are released and a platform to submit your questions for our guests. Thank you so much for being here. Know that I am sending you so much love so much awareness and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today.